Hi folks, my name's Alan. And I'm Hannah. Welcome to this month's edition of the award-winning Pure Buzzing, the podcast aimed at spreading the message of positivity around the hospitality sector in Glasgow. Coming to you today from the Technology and Innovation Centre at the University of Strathclyde and in association with Glasgow Taxis. I belong to Glasgow, dear old Glasgow town. Now when I say award winning, we have to give a big shout out to Justin and the team at On Trade and Craig Monroe and uh, the guys at the Doubletree by Hilton for the Hospitality Engagement Award. It's very much appreciated and a uh, fantastic award. And uh, yeah. yeah, we're so grateful. Thank you so much. Yeah, brilliant. Um, so we're joined today by Gordon Hodge. Um, Gordon is the head of conferencing and events here at University of Strathclyde. Um, welcome. Hello. Hi. Thank Thanks you for, for coming me. along. You're welcome. Congratulations on your amazing award. Thank you. Um, what an amazing space you've got here. Well, it's not bad, is it? It's yeah, the, uh, you. yeah. It's, you forget, because we, we're in it all the time, you kind of for, forget. People come in and go, this is great. And you're like, yeah, yeah no, I suppose it is pretty good. <laughs> it is such a bright, just open space. Yeah, it's, it's really, really bright. And it's nice that you feel kind of part of... Um, you've got your own space, but you feel part of what's happening in the city. Very much in the heart of the city. Yep, exactly. Yeah. And with your mural outside. With First our mural, yeah. with the Wonder Wall. Uh, uh, yeah, so we uh, had that commissioned in 2014 because this was one of the principal routes from the city centre out to um, the Emirates and out to Parkhead. So this was our kind of contribution to, to Glasgow 2014. So ah. you've got these pop heads across here who are kind of six big personalities uh, from Strathclyde's past, starting with John Anderson, who founded the university in 1796, and then you've got various different parts of the story. Um, so there's a TARDIS there, which is because uh, Verity Lambert um, gifted us her uh, video um, archive. Oh, uh, We gave her an honorary degree. Um, got Frankenstein because <laughs> uh, that is from... So we had a professor called Andrew Ewer, who... Um, his uh, experiments were in galvanization, which is the application of electricity to the human body. Uh, and he worked with corpses. And Mary Shelley apparently used those experiments as inspiration for Frankenstein. Wow. So, and then on and on. It's incredible. I was hoping you weren't going to say we've got Frankenstein because it's something we're working on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's going to be our new prof. Very yeah. cool. Before we kick off, we always like to give uh, a wee flavour of your background. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and I noticed from uh, your LinkedIn profile, had to be nosy before Good we come on. <laughs> and uh, you went to school in Oban. I did go to school in Oban, yeah. Is that, is that where you were brought up? I was born and brought up in Oban. I'm from the West Highlands. Uh, and weirdly, if you were to ask me to give you three facts about myself, the first thing would always be that I'm from Oban. Like my family, I don't have like a big background there. My mum and dad were both from Glasgow, but I feel very much uh, centred in the West Highlands. Uh, I was up there for the first time in a year, a couple of weekends ago. And yeah, it very much, um, I feel different when I'm there and I feel... I appreciate it, it's not unusual, I suppose, I appreciate it much more now than mm -hmm. I did, you know, in the first 20 years of my life, I was yeah. so far from Glasgow, yeah. and now you go and you think, I can't believe that I looked out my window at this every single day of my life, because it's just, yeah. it's, it's incredible, and I think 
we would do well to realise that what we have in Scotland is, is world class. It's not necessarily better than the Alps or the Rockies or scenery that you would find in China, but it's as good as that. Absolutely. It's just we think differently about yeah. it because yeah. it's only a short drive yeah. away. So, yeah. So, just continuing your uh, wee bit about your background, what was your sort of first foray into hospitality? Um, so the first job I ever had was in a place called Julie's Coffee House, which is still in Stafford Street in Oban, which is opposite the distillery. Um, and I worked there for two summers, just it was the first job I had ever had. Uh, and I really enjoyed it, actually. It was a nice team of people and we sold coffee cakes, sandwiches. And then, so I worked there the summer I left school and the summer, first summer after uni. And then I went to work in the tourist office in Oban. Um, and in those days, Oban had the busiest tourist office in Scotland after Edinburgh. Um, so we were in this tiny little office and then we moved to a bigger office. And I loved working there. Um, sometimes it was incredibly busy. And sometimes we really, you know, people were coming in at half past eight at night saying, I want three double on suites all in the same place. And you're like, I've just double on sweet <laughs> yeah. since like Monday. Um, but it was a really, I thought it was a really privileged position to be in to be able to welcome people to the place that I lived and to help them get the best out of it, to, yeah. to suggest to them what they could do. They always wanted to know how to get to Mill Staff and Iona, so, you know, to let them know how to do that. You know, it, it's just, a, I think it's a really nice thing to do. And I guess then, so I would only have been like 19, 20 then. And my the kind of thinking that I had in my head that what I wanted to do uh, as a job was always try to be the link between what people imagined in their head they wanted to do and what they could actually do and try and put those two things together mm -hmm. and I feel like that's still what we do Absolutely. today. Yeah. A little bit concierge-esque. Yeah, yeah, it is, and it's not necessary. I guess it's not. I guess as a concierge, you have to know like, more of yeah, the secrets yeah. and, and pull favors and stuff. But I suppose what it is is about. Um, it's just about listening to people, isn't it? And going, what does it sound like they're interested in, and what could I tell them to do? Like, what route could I tell them to take? Where could I tell them to, you know, make sure that you stop there or you know what, don't do that because yeah. it's going to take you just to get there. You could go and do this instead and it's the same kind of thing, but there won't be as many people there. And that's yeah. a really nice thing to yeah. be able to yeah, do. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And obviously, Strathclyde, you know, you've got world-class facilities yep. here. Um, would you be able to tell us a bit more about what you do here on site? About what we've got here. So um, in the Technology and Innovation Centre, so it's the university's research hub. Um, so we've got more than 100 labs above us here, over four levels and then one level below us as well. Um, and those academics are working on all kinds of challenges um, that affect the real world, that affect society, that affect economy, that affect health. Um, and then within the facility as a whole, we've got these dedicated conferencing facilities, um, which is quite unusual um, in university spaces in Scotland. They would tend to be able to use teaching rooms outside of teaching mm -hmm. time. We have dedicated facilities here. Um, of the 90 million investment in the building, 11 million of that was for the conferencing spaces. Okay. Um, we have um, an auditorium that seats up to 450 that can divide into three smaller spaces. Further auditorium on this level here, uh, we have eight conference rooms. And then up on the top floor, we have a further two um, conference rooms as well. So we have these dedicated conferencing facilities. Um, and there are a few different reasons for that. One of them being so that there's a space on the campus where uh, we can invite people in to tell them about the work that our 
um, our academics do, um, a space where the partners that our academics are working with can come in and showcase what they're doing with us on the, uh, on the university campus, and then also a, a, a commercial space, so we, you know, we operate as a commercial business, so although a lot of what we do is um, led by an internal client or is led by a partner of the university, a certain amount of what we do equally is people want a venue in the city centre for this many people at this time with these types of facilities. So, yeah, we've been operating here since March 2015, so we're into, what year is it? We're into our seventh year of operation now, for heaven's yeah. sake. Um, and yeah, that's what we do. We have a dedicated team of people um, who work here, who sell the venue, who operate the venue, and we work closely with our colleagues in catering within the operational yeah. team in this building, with information services to make sure that we are... Very holistic approach. Yeah, all. because again, it's about what the customer wants, and it's trying to match their ambitions with our experience of what works well here yeah. Yeah. and trying to put those two things together to make sure that their delegates mm -hmm. get the best possible experience so that the messages that the client is trying to communicate to them go, go in really easily. Yeah. I guess that's yeah. what we do here, hopefully. Yeah, absolutely. And on the topic of kind of conferencing and meetings, events, we've missed face-to-face. -face. Yeah. How have your team kind of adapted and I guess reinvented themselves in the last um, year? Majestically. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's been really challenging. I think it's challenging for any individual or any team whose job really is around working with people, whether that's working with one another or whether that's working with customers, when you have that taken away, and it probably took quite a long time to realise, I yeah. think, that part of, you know, although everyone's going through the same thing in terms of, you know, being at home, worried about their health, worried about their loved ones and stuff, when you realise that part of what's missing is interaction with others and the fact that you do get to interact with your colleagues, but only, um, you know, remotely, mm -hmm. digitally, um, I think that it's quite difficult. We're used to be being able to listen to people and say yes to them and tell them how we can help them. So to have to say no to them or mm -hmm. I don't know is very, very difficult. Um, but the team did a, a, a great job. We are more closely bound than we have ever been. You know, we met, we, we had team catch-ups twice a week, which right. really quite quickly had nothing to do with work anymore. It was just people talking about what had been in the news or what they were enjoying or what they were finding yeah. difficult. And that really bound everybody together um, really, really well. Um, since August of last, well, kind of June of last year, we've been working on our virtual venue. So we have a software called Eventsair, which works with a virtual platform called On Air, which allows us to do uh, online events. So the team have been working really, really hard to get to grips with that. Uh, we uh, hosted our first online event in September of last year. And then in July, we hosted probably, well, definitely our biggest uh, online event, which was a R&D management conference, which was somewhere close to 400 delegates wow. over three days, uh, a mix of plenary and breakout sessions, um, posters. Uh, yeah, a really big success. And that uh, is down purely to the hard work that the team have mm -hmm. done, the willingness that they have shown to put themselves out of their comfort yeah. zone, to learn new things, yeah. and to work with the client, and to be fair to the client, the, a, a client who gave us a chance, yeah. um, and understood that they were going to be learning at the same time that we were learning. So um, great leaps and bounds, especially when, you, when we were preparing for that conference and you thought back to where we had been 12 months previously when we couldn't do any of it, and now we're hosting this huge complex yeah. thing and, and now um, 
you know, so so we reopened, officially reopened, although we'd been doing small meetings since June time, really. We officially reopened last week, and, and people love being back on the campus, love being back with one another, um, love being, being face-to-face yeah. with clients again. Yeah, so. we've all missed it. Yeah. That's feeding in nicely to my, <laughs> next, my next question. Not my first Is, rodeo. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> students... Teachers, staff, everyone. You're just saying how close a team it is and how many, so many people work. So can you actually feel and see that people, for want of a better phrase, are pure buzzing to get back? <laughs> um, I think it's kind of, so the campus is still very, very quiet. Teaching doesn't start for another couple of weeks. This is a research building. Researchers have been in and out of this building as they need to be over the past kind of 12, 14 months, something like that. Um, I think everybody, obviously, we're all still a bit cautious yeah. at the moment. Um, but you can see how pleased people are when they see each other again. Yeah. So the coffee cart downstairs, they only opened again on Monday. And it was really lovely yeah. to see Michelle and Lorraine back. Cause I haven't seen them at all in this whole time. It's re- I think the nicest thing is, as well as being able to work alongside your colleagues at a safe distance. It's when you walk about the campus and you see somebody that you've not seen for ages who might be one of the people who does the mail or it might be one of the cleaners or it might be a colleague from another department who you just happen to pass. Those kind of two-minute interactions are just, they're what lifts a day that's all right. You know, I got quite a lot done, wasn't so bad. But it just, it it reminds you to lift your head and to consider what all the good things are about. So it's been great that we've been able to work remotely, and I must say that the university looked after us very well, made it very, very easy for us to work remotely. They pulled out all the stops and got technology in place to make it easy for us to work at home. Um, It does, when you're back on the campus and you get to move from place to place and you get to see those different sorts of people and you get different perspectives again, and it stops you from dwelling on something that was annoying you yeah. and stuff it's really it's really great and it, you know it is even nice to it's nice to get on the train and go to work instead of working the same place yeah. all the time it's nice to know that you could go and get a coffee if you wanted to get a coffee so i think it's gradual and i think everybody will go at their own pace yeah um but i think it's really lovely and i think you see really quickly what the benefits are how refreshing it is to have variety in your life again and you know you do the things that you feel safe and secure doing and everyone will move at their own pace but uh, we just need that social interaction don't we yeah yeah exactly and i don't think i haven't been anywhere yet where i have felt well i'm not i'm the same i think it's quite i think you can tell at a distance you know so i was uh, invited uh, by a pal to go to a gig and um, King Tuts a couple of weeks ago and they went and they had a great time and I was like not ready for that yeah. not ready for yeah. that yet you go and have a great time there's no point in me being there I you know I understand all the measures that are in place I just don't want to do yeah. that yet yeah. um, but I'm alright going to a cafe I'm alright going yeah. to a restaurant I'm alright sitting outside it, yeah. and at some point I will you know yeah yeah we we'll all have our different it. limitations I think it'll just be a, a gradual thing like yeah. you said but it's nice to see that everyone is taking the precautions that they need to, and it is a very safe space yep. to go to these gigs and to go into restaurants, and it is a very clean and yeah, yeah. open space. So yeah, exactly. And I think uh, I think businesses understand as well that people are hesitant and are doing are doing more than they need to to mm-hmm. demonstrate that you know yeah. this is a safe place for you to be. Yeah. Um, I, su- I suppose 
there are variations from business to business, so everybody just needs to be very clear about what is it that I'm doing here so that I understand before I go, this is what I need to do to go to that place so that yep. I can conform to their safety uh, measures so that I then am safe and other people are safe Absolutely. as well. Yeah. yeah. I think that's a good time to take a break and get a quick word for the, our sponsors at Glasgow Taxis. And uh, when we come back, we'll be, uh, we'll be talking about COP26, oh, how you get involved <laughs> and uh, what's uh, around the corner for uh, University of Strathclyde. And okay. At Glasgow Taxis, we've always cared about your journey and being a taxi company you can trust. That's why we're taking steps to make sure your journey with us is a safe one. Our new ozone technology will make sure your Glasgow Taxi is completely separated, sanitised and safe. So wherever you are and wherever you need to go, you'll get there with peace of mind. So give us a call, book us online or use our free app and look forward to your journey with Glasgow Taxis, the city's friend and yours. Welcome back, folks. We're still here at the Technology and Innovation Centre at the University of Strathclyde with uh, Gordon Hodge. COP26 mm -hmm. is just around the corner. Sustainability and climate change are all the buzzwords on everyone's lips right now, so the... With this in mind, what sort of initiatives is the Technology and Innovation Centre? What are you getting up to just now with that in mind? So our sustainability journey, because uh, <laughs> everything's a journey, isn't it? Uh, it's been going on for quite a while, and I guess there are two reasons for that. Uh, one reason is that there are several members of the team who are passionate about sustainability and the environment and 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 conscious in that way and we're we're keen um to do things that made the way that we do our business more sustainable and then also a lot of the clients that we work with are public sector and government uh, and it was obvious how important it was to them and you could see coming down the road they're eventually going to say you need to have sustainability mm -hmm. credentials if you know that will put you um up the list it'll make it'll make you more likely to win business um so you know, we worked, the, probably the first thing we did was we did the business tourism conference back in 2016 and they were very keen on things that had local provenance and all that kind of stuff. So the catering team worked with suppliers. So we, we made this sustainability map that just that we put on display and just showed where some of the produce mm. that, um, that you were being served today, where it had come from. And we had that supplier here. Um, as well and then we looked at things just easy changes that we could make so getting organic milk you know and all that kind of stuff um, we realized that accreditation would be a good thing to have to demonstrate to be you know to, to, to like a badge to show uh, that it was important to us but also uh, you know uh, a framework something rigorous to um to, to set out our activity so um my colleague Leslie, um, who works in our business uh, tourism team, set up the uh, tech sustainability team, and that has members from conferencing and events, from the catering team, um, and from the tech operations team. And we get a lot of support from Sustainable Strathclyde, who are okay. based in estates, uh, because a lot of the things that a scheme, an accreditation scheme like Green Tourism looks for, are things we're, we're a very small part of a very large organisation, so we don't have that information in the way that um you know somewhere like maybe the acc or the eicc would because that's what their business yeah. is so we rely on them to give us a lot of the data to give us advice to you know so and they've been fantastic and i think that we have been 
working with us has been helpful to them too because it shows what, um, what working with that team can do for your business or your part of the organisation yeah. in terms of taking you forward within your sector. So um, we applied for Green Tourism Accreditation and we got bronze quite quickly, which was great. Uh, we then worked towards um, silver and in March, oh God, I can't even remember what year now, maybe 2018, <laughs> maybe it was 2019, maybe it was 2019, we got gold accreditation, oh, um, which we were delighted about. Um, you know, we had them... Uh, come here, we invited um, Anna, I can't remember her second name, Anna in Langside, she's the councillor, the green councillor, uh, she's an SNP councillor in fact, and, and she came and she spoke as well. Um, and you know, there are various, there were, there were various different things behind that, making sure that, uh, so we've got um, food for life accreditation on some elements of our menu selector, which means that a certain amount of it is prepared on site and is, um, is, is uh, organic, is locally sourced. Um, we try to make sure that there's as much stuff on the menu, as many options on the menu that are vegetarian or vegan in any case, mm. because lots of people are making those yep. choices. Yep. Um, we have looked at various different ways of monitoring our food waste. Fantastic. Um, it's quite difficult as a venue because lots of the things that you can do to reduce waste and to make events more sustainable and give them a lower carbon footprint are what an organiser can do. So it's about what the materials are that you produce, so not putting dates on things so that yeah. you can reuse them. Yeah. Thinking about whether you need to have physical things at all. We've got great Wi-Fi here, so could you put it in an app? Um, thinking about helping people to make good menu choices so that there's less food waste. Um, and I guess sustainability is, is always there and we've continued to work through the, the pandemic uh, because obviously there's, there is more waste now because mm. everything has to be, or lots of things need to be single use, things need yeah. to be individually wrapped. Absolutely. But even then, so we're working with bento boxes at the moment, which are in plastic boxes, but they're recyclable. Right. We're looking at a compostable option as well, which would probably put the price up a bit, but if we look at the portion sizes a bit, then we think probably that will still that will still be an appealing offer to people because the fact that the packaging is compostable takes away another th concern that Absolutely. they have. So yep. yeah, we're working towards for the disposables that we do have. Um, you know, it's compostable, it's vegetable. Yeah. So the the team work really hard on it, and it's not something that we wear just as a, a, a as a badge. It is something that is really yeah. really important to the team it's really important to our business and it's really important to the university yeah. as well so it's a we play our part in what the university yeah. is a so whole there's no token gestures no. a real effort behind it you know yeah yeah, yeah absolutely That's i think even considering larger events we've probably all attended a conference driven at some stage where even the catering numbers have been 100 percent, and no one eats that much no. and you can yeah. see it all at the end of the, the evening when you're going back into your meeting room it's all just sitting there and i think we're all now very much more aware of it going mm -hmm. forward, which is really nice actually yeah. to see. I wouldn't say no one needs that much. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, we have a we have a code blue <laughs> yeah. in the back corridor. <laughs> so a code blue goes Get the a staff in, get a staff yeah, in. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't say I shouldn't have said that. Was a <laughs> <job>. <laughs> and uh, you shared uh, a tweet recently celebrating that Strathclyde campus will be hosting the climate change conference of youth. Yes. Um so given that you're a university and very much part of developing our new leaders, yep. um, we should all be getting involved in it, shouldn't mm -hmm. we? Yep. Yeah. I mean, it's really, you know, it's, it's, it's obvious that it's very, very important to uh, people of the, you know, of the age that are going to college and university yeah. at the moment. Um, 
it, you know, it's it's a great thing to have here in the campus. It'll be hosted in our new learning and teaching building, so they're getting to use that new facility, and it will be in the heart of the campus. Strathclyde students will have the opportunity to attend, will have the opportunity to input, will have the opportunity to benefit from the, you know, from 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 the workshops that are taking place. So that I guess they'll have access to to, to information and to people. Yeah. The, the you know the otherwise we wouldn't have if, if you know if COP twenty six and and Koi sixteen weren't coming to Glasgow yeah, yeah so it's it's a great thing for us to have yeah, on the completely. campus yeah and and it it should have um, legacy as well we are working with an organisation called Climate Fresk who have this a uh, this a uh, game basically so there are forty something cards and it's it goes all the way from co causes to consequences and and mitigations. So they will be running some of those workshops during the Conference of Youth and also Climate Fresk will be working with Strathclyde students and staff to train facilitators so that then we can run the Climate Fresk workshop on the campus without Fantastic. them having to be here. So that's just one example of the legacy that it will hopefully have yeah. on, on our campus and for our students. That's fantastic. Pure buzzing. We're all about the hospitality. Yeah. And the uh, University of Strathclyde has been synonymous with hospitality for a long, long time. Going back to the days of the hotel school, yeah. your hospitality and tourism programme yeah. ranked top 30 in the world. Yeah. And the only university to have won the Times Higher Education Award twice. Twice. So I think what I'm building up to is what a place to start your hospitality journey. If you're if you're considering hospitality as a career, then University of Strathclyde. Yeah, no, I think so. You know, and we're right in the heart of the city as well, which makes a difference. Mm -hmm. Um yeah, I mean, it's it's a great place to work. It's a great place to study. Uh, you know, there is interdiscipline, interdisciplinarity. I don't know if that's a word. Um, <laughs> we'll make it a word. Yeah, exactly. So whether you focus, you know, hospitality and tourism sits within the business school, but whether you only, you know, uh, studied in the business school or whether you chose to incorporate a language into that and whether you chose to, to you know, study marketing alongside hospitality and tourism... Um, I think it's fantastic. I, th I, I guess the other thing would be that while you are studying at Strathclyde, you can work in any number of hospitality businesses Absolutely. in the city, yeah. which gets you great experience. I think from my perspective, my I studied history, um, which is obviously a great grounding for somebody who works in uh, hospitality <laughs> and customer <laughs> service. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> um, but I, I guess the... I guess what going to university does is kind of open your eyes to the world and 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 gives you skills. And I think in terms of, you know, as somebody empl who employs other people just now, I wouldn't be put off a career in hospitality, tourism, service by the fact that you don't have a qualification in it. Because if you have the, if you can combine what you learned at university with the experiences that you get, then that's the most important Absolutely. thing, yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, and if you're passionate about it, then yeah. that shines through. I think if there's ever been a year to promote a career in hospitality, though, this is the year. Yeah. We've went through a lot in the last year, in the last 12 months. Um, but I think overall as a city, it's been really lovely to see us all just come together as one. Yeah. And it's just a really open space now. It's lovely to be part of. So I think for all the new students, it's a great yeah. time to start. Yeah, and in you this know, industry. the businesses in the city are really, are really keen to have mm -hmm. them by. It's just yeah. you know, to, yeah. to show them a good time. Yep, yep, for sure. Absolutely no reason for a student to be out of work right now. No, I could tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> I could tell you that. No, definitely not. No, <laughs> LinkedIn. We're looking. 
We're always looking, I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm always looking. <laughs> Everyone's looking for stuff. <laughs> and, and all of the events that you've been involved in, uh-huh. is there one that kind of sticks out in your memory that you, you know you've smashed it for? I know you mentioned your virtual event recently. I was th- when I was thinking about this, I think that probably is one of them because uh, we had no... So we had taken that event on as something that we were going to deliver in the venue here and as something where we were going to do their... Um, the registration and the, the and the management of their scientific abstracts, I, I, and it so happened that the software provider who we were using to do the registration and the abstracts invented this platform that meant that we could host online, and we learned all the way through. And as I said, the team worked so hard on that um, and flung themselves into it and worked really closely with the client to come mm-hmm. up with a solution that would work. And I think that's. When I, th- when I think about, you know, where the buzz came from it, that's what it was. It was understanding that we were learning and understanding that we were providing the client with, with what they wanted. Mm-hmm. We were listening to them. They were trusting us. It, and then I thought, w- you know, was there anything else? So back in 2015, we hosted a conference called Euro, which is about operational research, which is about all the stuff that sits behind how businesses transact every day. So algorithms and all that kind of stuff, I think. <laughs> um, and that was the biggest thing we've ever hosted on the campus. That was 2,300 delegates. And that looked wow. completely unachievable. We only opened this building in 2015, March 2015, and that was in July 2015. And that conference, so this was the hub, but that took place all over the campus. Every time they ran a parallel session, they had 85 different sessions operating at once. But that was a huge success, and it was a huge success for the same reasons, which was we worked with our academic leads, and we worked with the professional conference organiser, and with operational units across the team, and with our own team, to think about how, how best can we deliver this for people. And then when people got here, you know, we d- we had we had planned and it worked, and we reacted to things that were unexpected. Mm-hmm. You, you know, uh, as we had to, and we helped people have a good time in the city. And it felt like we did the same kind of thing with the virtual conference. So those are two that stick out in my yeah. mind, but they stick out for exactly the same reasons, which is the fact that we worked closely together as a team. We worked closely together as an expanded team. We worked really closely with the client, and what we delivered in the end was a really great delegate experience. Yeah. I guess the more kind of high pressure situations when they do come to pass and it is a major success, it's all that bit more rewarding, isn't it? Yeah, when it, when exactly. It and you can see the relief in the organizer's face. Yeah. <laughs> because, you know, they're exposing themselves, so they're exposing themselves mm-hmm. to their academic peers. It's, it's a big deal, yeah. and it's, it's, it's a lot of work for them on top of what they have to do yeah. anyway, which is already a lot of work. Um, so yeah, it's a really, being able to help people tell the world about what they do, and what they, what we do doesn't change the world, but what they do might change the world. And to be in that position where what you're doing is helping them to tell people about what they do, and helping them, you know, to do it well, that, that's a really lovely place to be. Yeah. And that's a reason why working in hospitality and, and services is a, is a really great thing because, you know, you're supporting other people. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. So, we're about to wrap up. Um, before we do go, sorry, as we move on to the latter part of this year uh-huh. um, and kind of get closer into 2022, what do you think the future holds? <laughs> I don't know. I spend my entire day going, <laughs> well, <laughs> maybe. 
Um, I think I think I was saying to you before we uh, before we started filming, we kind of need to get through this period where we get back to doing things more face to face, but adjust to what we can do, what we can't do, what some people are comfortable with, what yeah. what some people aren't. Um, and I think bits of that are going to be really, really tricky. I think there are going to be situations where we're a bit disappointed because we were kind of all gung-ho for doing something and then it, we can't do it in that way. But I think if everybody understands that we are learning together, so businesses are learning together, clients are learning together, and then the end user, the end customer is learning as well. So it's not going to be easy, but I think if we... That's really cheesy. If we... If we stick together and we and we understand that, and you know, our, our, I think we have to be patient with yeah. with one another, because we will find a way through it. And it's I I I think lots of people hope it's going to be a really you know straight line, and I don't think it's going to be a really wiggly line. Yeah. Um, but we you know we have we have to do it. We yeah. have to do it's just it. Just been open to that understanding, yeah. isn't it? And we have yeah. to do it, and and being ready for the change. Understanding that that. That being able to do some things face to face again and an increasing amount of things face to face, you know, coupled with the fact that we do have these new technologies that mm -hmm. allow us to connect in different ways. That means, you know, I can now attend a conference that's taking part in Singapore without having to go to Singapore. So I can get some, not all of, but I can get some of the benefits of being there. I can hear from experts. I can meet new people. Yeah. I don't have to go anywhere. It doesn't cost me as much. I don't have to take time out of my diary. I'm not adding tons of carbon into the atmosphere. So is it ideally what I'd want to do? No, maybe not, but I couldn't do it at all before. Yeah. Um, so I guess it's a pe that period of adjustment to what works better face-to-face, -face, what works better digitally, and yeah, because there are still new, there are opportunities that we don't even know about yet. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Before we wrap up, the two Liams don't know this is on the script. So <laughs> <laughs> but the, the, the two boys, who obviously they work for you. and With me. Not for me. <laughs> Work with you. You're a team. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, they've been absolutely brilliant from yep. uh, day one when it was just a, a little idea floating around. And uh, I put it to the boys and they've really they've, they've brought it to life. And uh, we wouldn't be here winning awards, etc. if it wasn't for them. Indeed just, not. I just want to give you a wee opportunity to pay homage to the two boys as well. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Say something nice about them. Somebody's <laughs> going to have to get me a coffee after this. Uh, I think that so uh, both uh, Liam, uh, Liam B and Liam F are um, very uh, tech savvy. It's, it's what they do is native to them and, and they're doing this because they, they enjoy it. They can see that it's of benefit to, to individuals. They can see that it's of benefit to the industry. Um, and, you know, they've put their heart into it. They do it in their own time. They don't do it during work time. Um, I, and they're just, they're, they're great guys to work with. They're upbeat. They're positive. They're unfazed by challenges. And they have faith where sometimes I don't that we, you know, we'll get it over the, you know, we'll get it over the line somehow, even if we can't see it yet. So um, I'm, I'm delighted that... Um, that they've had this opportunity to work with you and I'm delighted that it's been so well received by yeah. the sector. Brilliant. And that's the compliment you're going to get. That's it. <laughs> that's that's it. it. Now back to work. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, well, thanks very much for your time. Thanks very much for coming. Yeah, really interesting chat. Yeah. Thanks for speaking to me. Really interesting chat and 
fascinating coming in, uh, seeing the building from the inside. You know, it really is stunning. And it come back to me in November when I'm like, when I've got no hair left. It's a really wiggly line. At least going forward, I'm going to be like, right, that Frankenstein, I know the yeah. right now. <laughs> and then I'll, I'll message you one day going, I told you that, Hannah. And it turns out I'm <laughs> yes. totally wrong. <laughs> no, it's been amazing to speak to you. Thank you so much. Thanks very much for having um, me. And yeah, that wraps up this month's episode. So thank you so much for joining us. Um, as always, please do look into our social media channels. We'll be sharing updates on our next mini pods. Um, and we'll be updating on Spotify and YouTube. And we'll see you next month. Thank you. Thank you. I belong to Glasgow, dear old Glasgow town. But there's something the matter with Glasgow, for it's going round and round. I'm only a common old working lad, as anyone can see. But when I get a couple of drinks on a Saturday, Glasgow belongs to me.